then the next item is a oh no I I said I mixed it up I'm sorry I'll yes I, I did it wrong the thing for July toiletries okay all right thank you toiletries is the next item so uh, bring those kinds of, of things so any other announcements we will let you know I was I was thinking and I thought about this a couple weeks ago and then uh, in our Wednesday night class sister Vicki was talking about um, her son Martin has moved to Colorado and just you know not having many friends out there not yet and uh, just needing a, a, a community and I thought about that oftentimes we we pray for those who are uh, away from us we have family who are in different states or in different cities throughout this state and we say Lord send a fisherman by send somebody who will go by to them and witness to them or give them some kind of encouragement Lord send someone by who will who will do that but I thought there are people in other states and other cities around here who are saying Lord my family member my friend my loved one is in Troutman away from me Lord my friend is is in Mooresville they they live in Cornelius they live in Davidson God the the people that I love live somewhere far away from me will you please send someone by to encourage them or to tell them about the love of Jesus so I encourage you today ask the Lord to make you a fisherman because each and every one of us can have someone come across our path that we could speak to and give encouragement and give life to. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. Lord, we give you worship and honor and praise. God, we give you glory for all that you do and all that you are. God, we thank you and we praise you because when everything else is, is not going right, God, we can trust that you are here with us, that you, you walk every step with us. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you have a purpose and a plan for each life. God, I thank you for each person who is here, each person who is watching online. God, we know, we understand that they are not here by accident, but they are here to hear and receive your word. God, we are here to, to work and move under the power of your anointing and your presence. And God, I just pray for each one who has come in who doesn't know you as Savior. God, if anyone watching doesn't know you, I pray that before they leave today that they would receive the, the wonder of your salvation. God, for those who have come in burdened, those who have come in physically, mentally, emotionally hurting, I pray your strength and your anointing, your healing power to lift them up. God, I pray that your will be done in every part of this service, from the very first prayer to the very last prayer, that we would, we would lift you up and honor you. God, make us fishermen. Make us a witness to those who are in need. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name, Lord. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, were never enough, but you came along and put me back together, and every desire is now satisfied 
here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. To show you my weakness, my failures and flaws, Lord, you see them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Cause there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. Sing that again. You turn morning to dancing. You give beauty for Turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who Turn bones into armies. 
Father, that's who you are, that's who you are. 
Here. You are here, mending every heart. 
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are my way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are, Lord. That is who you are. Even when I can't feel it. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise darkness my god that is who you are you are my way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are my way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God, that is who you are, 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 that is who you are. If you know that this morning, give him praise. He is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. Thank you, Lord. God is good, isn't he? Praise the Lord. He is good, and I love him this morning. Amen. Pray, praise God. Our pastor talking about the fishermen coming by, and we have mentioned that. But, yes, uh, fishermen coming by for our folks. But, uh, amen. What about other folks, folks? We are the fishermen, aren't we? Our mission 
our mission and our vision. And what am I doing? What kind of fisherman am I? What am I doing in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost part of the earth? Praise God, there is a work for all of us to do. You don't have one of these, Gretchen will make sure you have one. You need to have it close to your Bible reading every day. Praise God. Praise the Lord. God is worthy of praise. Amen. God is worthy of praise. How good he has been to me. I love God for all the goodness he's done in my life. And uh, we got some that might would praise the Lord this morning. Anybody that will brag on the Lord Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Praise God. That's a good testimony there. Amen. Another. Yes, sister. Yes. How great is our God. Isn't that good, sister? Praise God. Another that will brag on Jesus. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was waiting for Tracy to stand up and say, I don't have no toothache anymore. Glory. Amen. Amen. I remember Wednesday night, that was a prayer request, and people that were here were just praying and talking to God and asking God to help, and he said Thursday morning he didn't have no more toothache. I'll tell you, that's good. That's good. That's good. It's all right to praise the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll magnify the Lord, and I will bless his name forever. Isn't that good? Isn't that great? He said, verse 3, he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let us bless the name of the Lord, for he is good. We exalt the Lord today. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. If this is your first time, raise your hand. This is your first time here. Is there is there three or four over here that's just their first? The, the baby, why can't the baby ain't raising a hand? Come on. We're, we're hard glad to have all of you with us this morning. Well, you know, little girls. See them pretty little girls, it makes you perk up just a little bit. And the one little girl that snubbed her nose at somebody, when I got over there to her, she just smiled at me. It's a great day to be alive, I'm telling you. And it's time to receive our time offering if our usher will come at this time. Did you see how I worked that in? (laughs) Brother Jordan, will you say the blessing over the offering for us this morning? We love you. Thank you, Father, for this day and goodness. 
Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. It's good to see you, well, hopefully see you guys at home. I hope you guys are watching. It's now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Sister Hager. And pray for Sister Hager's friend and pray for her nephew, Brother Mike. Let's pray for Brother Mike's family. Yes, sir. Rhonda. For Emmy. Let's pray for Emmy. It all goes well. Sister. Let's pray for Sister Dean's brother, Claude. It all goes well. Sister Joyner. Yes, let's pray for Rachel. We have Rachel and her husband. That all goes well with that. Sister Robin. She gets to feeling better. She says, Sister Robin's granddaughter, Genevieve. Let's pray she gets to feeling better. Sister Shuggy. Yes, let's pray this work. Sister Shuggy's sister and the rest of her family. Jennifer. Tiffany, pray that the Lord answers those prayers. And this morning, I on the table we had a thing. Gavin, his football number. I thought about him and his family. Let's pray for his mom. So I've been thinking about that all morning. So. Sister Judy. Yes, let's pray for Sister Judy. Complete healing in her body. Anyone else? If not, raise hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord, please.
It's time to fellowship.
sorry, I forgot. Well, two things. If you have not signed up for our email newsletter, I mean, I don't know if y'all enjoy it. Um, you know, I like to be, I like to send out some, some stuff on Mondays. If you have not yet signed up for our for our email uh, newsletter on Mondays, please do so. Just uh, all you have to do is just give me your email address because I, I send out the, the thing every Monday. I know that there were a couple people who were not here the day that we got the papers to to fill in your email, and there were some people that said contact by um, by phone only, so you don't get the emails because you said you didn't want them. <laughs> I won't be offended. Um, I just you know I I'm sure that that it was just a, a whatever. But if you do want the emails, then let me know. And if you have uh, not yet signed up, if you've never given me your email address, then please do so. Because on Mondays, just uh, I'm reiterating the the message from the previous day. Uh, I'm sending out a a visual reminder of our announcements and um, just. Uh, hopefully some some encouraging if it's a song if it's a message if it's something that that i have enjoyed and it's blessed me then i want to pass it on and bless you so again uh, please do give me your email address at yes sir zero <laughs> percent check uh, your wife is on our email list and she is welcome to print it off for you if you would like um <laughs> bless his heart also the 23rd this is what i forgot and this is in the uh, newsletter but the 23rd of next month um bonnie is coming to uh, he and his family are coming to sing for us again we had him a few months ago and uh, it was uh, i don't know if y'all had a good time we had a good time in the lord and we are going to have some fellowship afterward with a a meal of some sort i haven't sorted all those details out yet when when we have more details we'll let you know but Again, uh, please do be here on the 23rd at 6 o'clock for Bonnie and family, and we will enjoy ourselves. Amen. And if if that type of singing, I mean, he's, he's a very good singer. If that type of singing is not your jam, then we can certainly send you out into the fellowship hall to get things prepared for food, and then we'll fellowship later. That's, you know, hey, we can work things out. Don't you worry. But we do we do want you to be with us. So... Our first message about grace, we're in a, in a series called Grace Period. And the two weeks ago when we began this series, it, it showed the first mention of God's grace. And that was to the person Noah. And through that message, we heard and understood that grace calls us to build. That grace calls for redemption. And that grace calls for God to steer. There is a there's a concept called the law of first mention and and whether or not you subscribe to it it is the idea that the first time something's mentioned in the Bible oftentimes will give us kind of a a pattern of the way that things that that particular idea is to be thought of and considered so as we think about grace we see that these principles can be true in our own lives so today we look to the source of grace who is Jesus the gospel writers matthew mark luke and john those who wrote the gospel of jesus they don't mention grace very much only luke and john they're the only two who make mention and luke only one time he says that jesus grew strong in spirit and was filled with wisdom and that god's grace was upon him 
So today we're going to be taking a look at what John has to say, and we're going to be in John chapter 1. So in the beginning was Jesus. John's book is much different from the other writers. The first three are known as the synoptic gospels because they have much the same uh, miracles that they talk about, much the same events that they talk about. It's just from a different perspective because each one of them had a, a different way of looking and analyzing uh, what Jesus was doing. They have the, a lot of the same parables, the stories that we see, but John covers a different time frame, and he has arranged his book to achieve, achieve a different purpose. The book of John was written to combat a false teaching of a group called the Gnostics. The Gnostics had a, an idea, they, they got this word gnosis, or knowledge. They thought that they had received some kind of special knowledge from God. And part of this, and, and it was all of this false teaching incorporated with some of the teachings of Jesus, but one of the things that they said was that because God is so great and so unsearchable, so, so unknowable, that he could not possibly actually be Harmed, He could not submit himself to death. So there's no way that Jesus could have been fully God and fully man. That when he came down to earth, that when he was in heaven, he was God. But that when he came down to earth, he had to put off his holy nature and that he became only a man. But we believe that he was fully God and fully man which is the reason that he was able to live a completely sinless life, the reason that he was able to do miracles, but he also felt the same pains, received the same, same temptations that we do because he was a human. So John wrote his book to combat this idea. So all throughout the book, we're going to see things that really point to Jesus being both human and divine. So John gives some proofs in the first chapter of John. That's where we're going to be. <clears throat> and throughout the, the entire book, the disciple John records seven I am statements of Jesus. We know that in Exodus, when Moses was asking God, well, God, how, how are people going to know that you've sent me? What can I say to them? And he said, I am that I am. Tell them that I am. Whatever they need, I am. And we translate this into the name Yahweh. When we call out the name of Yahweh, that is saying, I am. That, that I am anything that you could possibly need. That is the covenant name of God. So as John records these I am statements, it's as though he is saying, you saw the I am, the Yahweh, in the Old Testament, but here he is alive and well in the New Testament. He is the one who is saying, I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. I am the door to the sheep. All, I am the resurrection and the life. All these things that he said about himself parallel with Yahweh in the Old Testament. So also he begins revealing that Jesus was the word. He says that in the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He's showing that Jesus was the Word that was spoken, and by Him all things had been created. 
that he was with Yahweh in the beginning that as the word came forth and he said let there be light and through the word that is Jesus through that word everything was created and just as Yahweh spoke light into the dark void of the physical world Jesus is the light who was sent into the dark void of the spiritual world he was the word or the logos in Greek logos meaning divine expressions the thoughts and the words of God. That he was made flesh. It says that he was made flesh and he dwelt among us. Take a look at verses 14 through 18. It says, And the word was made flesh. In mind, word is capitalized. So this is not just a word that we a word that we're saying, words that I speak, but it is the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So, the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. The divine that we cannot comprehend was given a new mode of existence, which we can understand. He did this so that he could understand where we're coming from. That he could be tempted, that he could be hurt physically, mentally, emotionally. He allowed himself to come into this flesh so that he could understand us. He dwelt among us. This word dwelt means a tent or tabernacle. It means to reside as God did in the tabernacle of old. It is a symbol of protection and communion. Back when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, God commanded him, put up a tent in the middle of the camp. And he wanted to be in the middle so that he could be in the midst of his people. He's always wanted to live with us. He's always wanted to dwell with us. And we know that the glory of God would, would come down on the tent, and they would know the presence of the Lord is here, and Moses would go in and he would minister before the Lord. And then he would come out and tell people what God had said. So the people were used to that kind of God living among them. Okay, we... We know when he's coming down because, well, there's the cloud. We know when he wants us to move because the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire is moving. We know that, that God is doing something because we can see him moving. But this word, Jesus, was made flesh so that he could live among us and that we could recognize that we could see God is doing something because we see Jesus moving. If we'll follow him, he is just like that pillar 
of fire or that pillar of cloud. That if we follow him, we know we're going the right direction. This word is only used by John, this word to dwell, meaning tabernacle, is only used by John in the New Testament. Here, this one time and then four times in the book of Revelation, just this idea of dwelling, the idea of living with God. It says that we beheld his glory, the testimony of John and all who saw him. That his glory proved that he is the only begotten son of the heavenly father made fully man while also being fully God. He said, we, we saw his glory. Y'all who were trying to disprove who he was, y'all didn't see it like we did. Y'all weren't close enough to see that yes, he was fully man because he got tired, because he, he needed to take a nap, he got weary, he needed to eat, but also that he was fully God, in that he was up on that mountain of, of transfiguration. We see that happen in, in one of the, the gospel writers. That he was up on this mountain, and the glory of God came down upon him. And that God spoke to him out of the clouds. He's divine. He's, he's glorious. We saw that. We can testify to you that Jesus is who he said he was because we saw it. He is full of grace and truth. This word full means covered in every part and lacking nothing. <clears throat> covered in every part with grace and covered in every part with truth. Layered one upon the other. Grace in the Greek meaning goodwill, loving kindness, favor, meaning the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps them, strengthens them, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to exercise Christian values. This was the, as I was studying, the, the Strong's definition of grace. That grace, that goodwill, that love and kindness, but it goes even deeper than that. That he was full of something that can keep us. He was full of something that could cover us. And he is full of truth. Truth meaning that which is true in any matter under consideration. John the Baptist testified that Jesus was the promised one, the Messiah, that all of Israel had been waiting for. <clears throat> John the the writer here is speaking about John the Baptist and he said you know, that he was the cousin of, of Jesus he was the one who had baptized him and John said behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world he is the one that's been promised to us he is the Messiah and then it says that we have received from his fullness in verse 16 and of his fullness have all we received Grace for grace. This literally means grace instead of grace. So we're receiving grace instead of. In some occasions, this means because of. We're receiving grace because of the grace of God. 
We're receiving grace because he's full of grace. Or in some rare occasions, it means in addition to. So we're receiving grace in addition to grace. It is piled on top of one another. Every morning that his mercies are new, every morning that he renews his covenant with me, that he gives grace upon grace upon grace, that there is never a lack, that there is never a time that grace is not extended to me, and there is never a time that his grace can or will run out. Grace upon grace. He says that through Moses we receive the law. That was truth. The law was truth. It was God's truth. It was the way that he wanted us to live, but it had very little grace. The grace that was extended through the law was, all right, once a year you're able to bring a sacrifice to the temple. You're going to bring an animal to, to cover your sins. You're going to have to bring this animal. It's going to be slaughtered in front of you. The blood of that animal is going to be put on the altar, and that will cover your sin for this year. The sin that you committed will be covered. Uh, you, you sinned all last year, but this one animal, that's going to fix you. And then throughout the year, if there were times that they had sinned and they, would they were able to bring other offerings, God, I, I sinned again, so here's another animal. That was the only grace that was really received through the law. That grace that, okay, well, I, I know that at least this will cover my sin. But it pointed to the Savior. When the Savior came, he brought with him and provided for us both grace and truth. He is truth. Think about that. One of the I am statements that John records is Jesus saying, I am, so Yahweh, I covenant to be the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I am the only way. That's the truth. I am, Yahweh is, the only way. Yahweh is, I am, the only truth. Yahweh is the only life. But, see, that's the truth. But the grace is, I, I am, have made a way through my blood, through my body that is broken for you. That is the grace. The truth is, there, there's no way you can make it. The grace is, except through me. He was seen and declared. It said that no one has seen, in verse 18, no man hath seen God at any time. Now, there are a few times throughout the Old Testament that we know people saw God, or it says that he spoke to, um, he spoke to Moses face to face. But more the essence of God, not him as an incarnate being coming down. Because God also said, no man can see my face and live. No one can actually be in the presence of the glory of God and, and how his, his greatness and how wonderful and majestic he is and actually survive. He is just that great. So no one has truly seen God at any time. That means, in the Greek, to discern clearly. No one has seen him. No one has understood him completely. In the 
in a Hebrew phrasing, it means to experience. No man has truly experienced God at any time, but the only begotten Son hath declared him. So up to this point, no one who had seen God or understood him clearly. No one had, had come into the presence of the Father and known and been able to understand God and his purposes. And here comes Jesus, the only begotten one. Second time that, that John mentions that, again, his purpose was to show that, that Jesus was fully God and fully man. So he's making a point. He's saying, the only begotten of the Father. It says that he is in the bosom of God. The bosom of the Father. This phrase, you understand what a bosom is. <clears throat> this phrase means to be right here between the arms. He is between the arms of the Father. They know each other. They have a close, intimate relationship. Jesus hears the heartbeat of God. So Jesus came to declare him to us. Declare here means to consider out loud, to unfold. John is saying that Jesus came to unfold the mysteries of who God is. That before time we were never able to understand who he was, but here comes Jesus to show us and to explain to us and to unfold for us who God is, what his heart is. So why does it matter? Why does it matter that Jesus was full of grace and truth? I mean, these are, this is great up till now. It's a lot of good information, but why does it matter? This matters because we have been given both grace and truth, so we are able to operate in both grace and truth. So first, grace and truth are both reflective of Yahweh. Remember that John's purpose, and keep saying this, but the more you say it, the more they get it, right? Remember that John's purpose for writing was to demonstrate that Jesus was fully God and fully man. We're going to take a look in Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. In this particular setting, Moses was up on the top of Mount Sinai for the second time. The first time he went up there, he received the Ten Commandments, and then he came down the, the mountain and saw all the people and got mad, and he threw the tablets down. It's like, y'all are getting on my nerves. I cannot believe y'all acting like this. And he threw them down and broke them. So God called him up on the mountain a second time. All right, Moses, come on. Now let's see if you can uh, keep your temper together long enough. Come back up. I'm going to write the tablets again, and you have to be careful with them this time. So it says in verse 34, excuse me, in chapter 34, verse 6, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. So as God was giving the, the law to Moses, and he passes by him. 
anyone, a, a king or a dignitary, would have had someone to, to come out and announce him. Now presenting. But he did it himself. He said, I want to be known. I want you to know who I am. I want you to understand my heart. So he passes before Moses, and, and he says, Yahweh. This is the, the word that he uses here, the name that he uses, Yahweh. Yahweh Almighty. His glory passed before Moses, and he said, Yahweh Almighty, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. So he was trying to get Moses to understand way back then. He was trying to get the people to understand way back then, this is who I am. This is who I want to be for you. This is how I want to show up in your life. He was trying to express to his people his nature and his love for them. But according to John, no one could discern him clearly. That is until Jesus. Because Jesus had been privy to the heart of the Father. Jesus had been there with him from the beginning. Jesus had been there listening to, talking to, communing with God. And God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they, I don't know how it was for them in heaven and how their conversations went, but, but certainly Jesus knew. And perhaps before he left heaven and he was understanding his assignment, Father, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to show them who you are. They're going to understand because of me. Because when we look at the Old Testament through the lens of Jesus, it looks so much different. If we look at the Old Testament and we say, oh, God was, God was, you know, knocking down cities and he was sending fire and brimstone and he was destroying things left and right and making his enemies fight one against the other. But when we see it through the lens of Jesus, that's, we see that God was saying, repent, repent, repent. If you repent, things will change. If you'll come back to me, I'll, I'll change my mind. If you'll just turn around, I know you've messed up. I know, I know, I know you've messed up. But, but if you'll just change your mind, I'll change mine. Throughout the Old Testament, God says this to his people. So again, we it's important. Grace and truth are both important because they both point to, to Jesus, excuse me, to, to Yahweh, to who he is. The second thing we see is grace without truth is indulgence. We have to have both because grace without truth is indulgent. Grace is something that is a communicable attribute of God. Communicable attribute is just a, a fancy way of saying that there are some attributes of God like love, like mercy, like grace. Things that God has that he can extend to us and that we can extend to others. There are some things, some attributes of God that we cannot have, like being all-knowing or all-powerful. We can't do that. That's not within our capacity because we're finite. But one of the things that God can give to us that we can give out to others is grace. 
a communicable attribute. So we can extend grace, favor, liberality, graciousness to people, but what happens if I only ever extend grace? Think about that. What happens if my only response ever is grace? People, somebody runs into my car, smashes it up. Don't worry about paying for it. Here's some grace. Someone breaks into your house, tries to steal your stuff. You know what? Grace be unto you. Someone keeps doing you wrong. Now, Jesus said, forgive. That's a whole other message. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. That's a whole other message too. But if every single time that something is going wrong and we have some more grace, have some more favor, your kids lying to you saying they stole cookies from the cookie jar, you know what? Have more cookies. Have some more. Here you go. Grace be unto you. If I do that, it's indulgent. Because that person begins to take advantage because I've set no boundaries. You can do anything and everything, and I'll just say, okay, it's fine. No worries. I'll get over it. I'll just absorb it into myself. And, I, and then I become bitter. And Oh, that's a whole other message, too. But I, I'll just... I'll just extend grace. It's okay. It's fun. <clears throat> you see those people later on. I mean, I was I was in second grade for a while. You see those those kids whose parents extend nothing but grace. <sighs> well, your mama may not mean what she says, but trust me, Miss Williams does. <sighs> Bless it. I've said that numerous times. But this idea, if we continue to just extend grace, it's anything goes. I will just keep giving grace to cover transgressions and they never learn a thing. But what happens if you only ever give truth? Truth without grace is discouraging. How many, how many times have you heard it said, the truth hurts. Only the truth. Truth hurts. That's truth. That's factual. The truth hurts. One of my one of my favorite sayings: that the truth can set you free, but first it's going to tick you off. It's going to make you mad when you learn what the truth is. Ah, I don't want to hear that. Often. Like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay out the truth to them, and really, what I'm just gonna give them a piece of my mind. They're gonna learn, and really, what's happening there is we just want to be a smart aleck. <laughs> we just want to prove we're right. Hey, I'm, I'm looking in the mirror when I, <laughs> I'm talking to the man in the mirror when I say this because I can be that way. Okay, I certainly can. And we just, oh, I'm just going to, well, here's what the truth is. And here's the facts of it. 
when I hear nothing but truth, when I, when I, it's constantly, it's just truth. It's just, you are in a sorry state. You are, you, you're, you're having it rough. You ought not be acting like that. You need to straighten up. Well, that's true. But it's discouraging if that's all I ever hear. If I'm never given away. If I'm never shown the way to fix it. When I realize the truth of my sinful condition, then I begin to lose hope. If I see my sin without the lens of Christ, if I see how dreadful I am, how bad I've been, the things that I have done, how could anyone ever forgive me? How could God ever take me back? How could I possibly... That's what happens when there's no grace, but all truth. It's the and that makes the difference. Jesus was full of both, and he wants us to be full of both. When I learn the truth that I need a Savior, when I learn the truth that I have lost my way, when I learn the truth that I, I want to change in my life, the answer to that is grace upon grace. Grace that doesn't run out. I realize the truth of my condition and I, I can turn to Jesus and say, please extend to me the grace that comes from the blood that was shed. When I like Paul say, oh wretched man that I am, who can rescue me? When I come to that place, and I say, I have messed up. Who will save me? Sometimes pride will prevent me from receiving that grace. I can't possibly go back. I can't possibly, oh golly, I've messed up so much. That's the truth. But there is grace upon grace. There is grace in place of grace. There is grace because of grace. And in addition to. And Jesus, who heard the heartbeat of God, says to each of us that no matter what you've done, no matter what the truth is about who you are and who you've been, there is grace for you. So, again, why is this combination of grace and truth important? It's because grace and truth are both reflective of Yahweh. That grace without truth is indulgent, and truth without grace is discouraging. So today, what do you need? What do you need? As the music plays, Jesus was full of both. He was full of both grace and truth. See, we can't deny the truth of God's word. We cannot. God's word is true. Let this be true in all men alive. This is true. It's the light that we cannot deny this. The but grace can cover any time that we have gone against this. 
So today, between you and the Lord, do you need grace and truth or do you need help to extend grace and truth? And God can help you with either one. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, as we go to the Lord in prayer, just surrender yourself to Him now. Listen and understand what He's saying to you. Heavenly Father, we come before you giving you thanks, giving you praise for who you are. Because even in the Old Testament, you were full of grace and truth. You have not changed. You will not change. You are the same yesterday, today, forever. You, you were full of grace and truth then, and you were trying to show your people. You were trying to demonstrate that to them. But now, God, through, through that lens of Jesus, that we see that he has extended grace to us, that we see the truth of our condition, that we are we are awful and we're sinners and we're full of of sin and badness but God we are thankful that there is grace that there is grace extended to us and then extended to us again and then extended to us again and that your grace will never run out you will continue to tell us truth you will continue to show us truth through your word but God your grace will never run out on us and we're so thankful God we're so thankful and today, if there is anyone here who has not yet received the grace that comes through salvation, if there's anyone watching today who has not yet received the grace that comes only through salvation, God, I just pray. I pray for those people. If there's anyone who doesn't know the Lord as their Savior, has been away from Him for a while, I want to just encourage you today. All you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. The truth is that I have sinned and have hurt you. But I ask you to forgive me and extend grace to me. That's all you have to do. And then it, all that awful, all that mess up is completely washed away. It is put to death under the grace of God. So, Father, I pray now for each life that we would receive the truth of your word, God, if we're trying to deny it. I pray that you would take the scales off our eyes and that we would see the truth of your word. But, God, also, if we have too much pride or or too much shame to receive the grace that you're trying to extend. I pray that those chains be broken as well, that you would just set free those who need to receive your grace but can't find a way to reach up. God, I pray that you would reach down, that you would heal and mend and restore, that you would put grace upon grace. God, for those who are having a difficult time or have, have had a difficult time extending both, for those of us who are here who only have extended grace, thinking that was what was best for people, thinking, okay, I'll just cover this up. I'll just, I'll just make this okay. I'll just say it's all right. And they've taken all that into themselves, and, and now they're resentful, or now they're hurting. Now they have a root of bitterness. God, I pray that they would understand that there needs to be a balance. 
that there needs to be both. Father, for those who have only ever viewed the truth and it's hurt people, those who have said in their hearts, oh, they just need to know, they just need to know, and haven't extended, have not shown that even though you've messed up, there's a way back. God, I pray that you would show them there needs to be a balance. God, we trust you. We thank you. We thank you in advance for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you. God, we just ask your will be done in each and every life. God, that no one would leave like they came. That we would surrender ourselves completely to you today. God, that we would understand you want to give us both grace and truth. That you are full of both and that you are able. In abundant supply, in never-ending reign of grace and truth. God, your will be done in each of us. We need you, God. We need you, God. Today, we speak over your people. May Yahweh, the one who is everything you need, who is promised to be, may Yahweh bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you, extend you grace upon grace and keep you in peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's the light that pierces through you to the darkest hidden place it knows your deepest secrets but it never looks away it's the gentle hand that pulls you from the judgment of the crowd when you stand before them guilty and you got no way out some may
my weakest moment I see you shaking your head in disgrace I can read the disappointment written all over your face here come those whispers in my ear saying who do you think you are looks like you're on your own from could never reach that far But in the shadow of that shame Beat down by all the blame I hear you call my name Saying it's not over And my heart starts to beat so loud Now drowning out the doubt I'm down but I'm not out There's a For always and forever, grace wins for the lost. 